your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solo. All right, welcome to a Friday. No, it's Thursday. Lacrosse Talk PM. It felt like Friday for a minute because the NBA has started. Starting like right now. NBA starting right now. I'm very excited. I'm trying to log into TNT so I could just watch the game while I'm doing the show. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. There's too much going on. I should try to log into the city council meeting that starts right now as they're going to try to open up the streets so that businesses can use essentially the streets, at least the parking spaces in the streets, maybe even blocks of the streets. We talked about that yesterday. But the big news today, as everyone knows, Governor Tony Evers has issued a mask mandate. All the production I'm going to do today. (laughs) Of course, if you haven't heard, you got to be wearing a mask all the time. To bed, in your car, in the bathroom, anywhere you go, everywhere you go, outside, sitting in your on your deck alone on a lawn chair. Yep, you got to wear a mask all the time. Tyrant Governor Evers. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to wear a mask at any of those times. You have to wear a mask in public buildings, essentially. Uh, we, we got a little note from the boss here. So if I'm alone in my studio, I can wear, I, I, I don't have to be masked. But if I walk out of the studio and other people are here, which is, you know, most of the time, only sometimes I'm here at like two in the morning doing stuff and nobody, and I know nobody's here, then I'm guessing maybe I wouldn't have to wear a mask, but I probably would because I'm, you never know. Brad Williams probably wandering around here somewhere or something. Uh, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get in here, I don't know who this is, but I bet I can guess. Someone's calling. Uh, caller, go ahead. You're on the air. Rug? Is this Rug? Yes, Rug from Trump. Hey, just man. want to give a shout-out. Oh, I don't know if I want to give a shout-out to Evers, but Eric must be a pronosticator or like a prophet because he seems like he's got uh, he's he want, he got his win. He got the mask. Yeah, and, and what's so funny is... <laughs> all right, thanks for the comment. Yeah, Eric from Sparta has been preaching masks. He's a caller every day to the show. He's been preaching masks. Since maybe since the since before we've been preaching mass, since before I was preaching mask, I mean, at one point I was like, mm, uh, do we really? And, uh, you know, new virus, nobody knows anything. I didn't know anything. Probably still don't know anything. And uh, he was he was saying it the whole time. And now he's got his wish. The tyrant Democratic governor of Wisconsin, Tony Evers, has mandated masks. What a tyrant. Washburn County Sheriff up in northern Wisconsin today. You can read it on wisdomnews.com if you want. Or go on the Facebook page and, and be outraged by it by it one way or the other. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers released an order for mandatory masks in public, he posts on Facebook. There hasn't been any mask law passed through our state legislature. The Washburn County Sheriff's Office will not participate in any enforcement in regards to wearing masks. We believe it is government overreach and unconstitutional on many levels. I I guess that's probably how Sheriff Stewart sounds. He says, my deputies have sworn an oath to the Constitution 
And when a law or order is in conflict, we must defend the individual rights of our people. You have an individual right to make your own medical decisions. We as government officials shall not intrude. The Constitution can't be suspended whether people get sick or not. There are many who have religious beliefs about wearing of masks, taking of vaccines, etc. Going off a little bit here, Sheriff Stewart. To prohibit the gathering together of willing people to peacefully assemble unless they are so many feet apart or are wearing certain wardrobes that the government mandates all violate First Amendment of the Constitution. Also, any fine imposed for the people to exercise their own basic human rights is excessive and therefore a violation of the Eighth Amendment of our Constitution. We encourage everyone to make your own medical choices and what you believe is best for you and your family. If you choose not to wear a mask, we defend that right. If not, we defend that right as well. Okay. Our deputies will not enforce a mask mandate, Sheriff Stewart. So there it is from Sheriff Stewart. Uh, Also, they're not going to mandate seatbelts. Safety, it's your own safety. You don't have to wear seatbelts. Government tyranny. Shouldn't uh, they're not going to mandate speed limits? Sheriff's office is going to let them drive any speed. You can drive whatever speed you want. It's up to other people to look out for you. It's your safety, however fast you're going. And they're not going to mandate DUIs. He didn't get into that, but I'm just assuming like all government mandates like that, this the Washburn County Sheriff is going to ignore. Um, oh, okay. So let's see here. I got Megan Meller coming in. Gunderson Health System, not coming in. She's calling in. Gunderson Health System Infection Control Specialist. She's going to come on, and we're going to talk about the virus, of course. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, Joe Joe's calling in. Joe, go ahead. So as soon as I heard that, I did get in touch with a lawyer, and we're going to try and push it back against us, even though it's going to be difficult because uh, Evers does have the power under the Declaration of uh, Emergency Enactment uh, to mandate it. It still might be um, against our civil rights. So if it comes down to needing a petition or signatures, I'll let the listeners know. Maybe we can all get together on that if needed. But So uh, are we talking about seatbelts, seat Joe, or are we talking about speed limits? What, what part of an infringement? Because I'm not wearing a seatbelt anymore. Oh, mask. Okay, not seatbelts. All right. Well, I thought maybe we just throw let's throw seatbelts and DUIs in there too. I mean, the government can't tell me how much I can drink and drive. Government can't tell me how fast I can go. Uh, Eric Chris Part is on. Eric, go ahead. Yes, uh, I heard uh, Fauci said that. Uh, some of the government officials said that face masks or face shields, these plastic face shields, they pull on over their face. They should be required now, so you don't get this thing in your eyes. I support him on that, and uh, boy, listen to howls after you hear that. Anyway, Eric, this thing is coming. This thing is coming towards us. It's coming towards us, and you know, it, and everybody knows it. Eric, across got a thousand, thousand cases Eric, of it already. Sparta's got 185 of the last count. Eric, are you going to be mad when the the Republican legislature fights the mask order and and takes it out? Yes, I will. I think. I think. Nope. Nope. I. I'm hard right Republican, but I think this is just absolute common sense, period. I don't care about Republicans. This is life or death stuff we're talking about here, okay? Eric, Monroe County added 12 cases today. You're up at 203 cases now. Okay, well, how many will cross that? All right. Cross County. 
Um, they're uh, high seven hundreds. I don't have it in front of me. I I can't remember it from reading it forty five minutes ago. All right, I got to do the news. We'll be back with Megan Miller Gunderson in a minute. We'll take your calls too if you have questions for. Her. And then you can rant about the mask after uh, Scott's comment the news at the bottom half of the hour. All right, we'll be back in a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the number if you want to text in. We got Megan Meller in here. She's the Gunderson Health System Infection Control Specialist. Did I get that right, Megan? You did get that right, yeah. All right, I wrote it down, so I got it right this time. Like Last time, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't so sure. But um, all right, so... Obviously, the the hot topic of the day is Governor Tony Evers issuing a mask mandate that starts at midnight, essentially Saturday morning, twelve oh one Saturday morning. And uh, do you guys at Gunderson like cheer, or what happens there? No, we definitely cheered, and I I was really happy to see that that went like went through, especially given all the evidence now coming out showing how how effective masks are. And um. The, nothing new for you guys. You've had to wear masks for the whole time, right? When you're when you're at work. Yeah, no, we've been wearing masks now for about I'd say two or three months. You know, when the evidence started pouring in that it was effective, that's when we we went towards like went to wearing masks. So now it's required of everyone, whether you're doing patient care related, you know, seeing patients, or if you're just sitting in an office space. Yeah, I've talked about this before. The idea that businesses are kind of hard up because. There wasn't a mandate, so they're enforcing it, and people just get mad at the individual business, whether it's a mom-and-pop shop or Menards. And now at least they can just all point to the governor. We can just blame that guy now the whole time. Well, I think a lot of like local area businesses and even communities were really struggling with trying to figure out how to be consistent with other counties when there wasn't a statewide mandate. And so by having a statewide mandate, it helped. You know, it helps choose the direction with which to go to and helps provide a little bit more oomph and enforcement behind um, these decisions. Now, Wisconsin had the most cases ever today in a single day. I think over a thousand. I think over a thousand cases for the last nine days. Um, are you are you paying close attention to numbers like that, or do you do you look at different aspects of these numbers to really dive into whether or not this the the, the virus is spreading? So I'm looking to both. So this coming, you know, I. I report cases, you know, COVID-19 cases to the state health department on a daily basis, along with my coworkers. So, you know, you know when there's a lot, of, you know, a lot of cases coming in each day. So we're looking at the number of cases, you know, in that regard, like how many are we reporting out? I check to see what the state numbers are. But now I'm also looking at the demographics. So before it was a lot of, you know, people in their 20s, 30s, very mild symptoms, you know, didn't need medical attention, and now they're getting more complex. You know, they're get, we're seeing our hospitalization numbers going up right now. La Crosse County reported its first death, I believe it was last week, but it was recently. Yeah, two Fridays and, ago, two Fridays ago. Yeah, two Fridays ago. And in general, the cases, yeah, they're getting much more complex. They're just ha- they're suffering from more conditions. They're, they're Maybe they're, they're older, but they're requiring more care. And that's something that, you know, we kind of expected to see in the course of this pandemic, you know, the mild ones infecting, you know, exposing the more vulnerable populations, but to actually see it play out is very unsettling. Yeah. And uh, so at the top of the hour, we have uh, a national newscast and part of that newscast was the people that had lung transplants due to COVID-19 are now first able to talk. These people that probably got it really early. Uh, And I mean, this is a thing like this, the, the idea that 
okay, well, only 1% of the population is going to die. Yes, but what happens? These long-term effects, we don't even know these things yet, right? Right. So, you know, and there's, so it's twofold. You have the, you know, those who ended up in the hospital who got, you know, got really sick, who are now having, you know, have a long road of recovery ahead of them. But now what we're also seeing is they're called lifers. Those with those individuals, many of them very young, like, you know, teens, 20s, 30s, who no underlying health conditions, got sick with COVID, mild case, but now they're suffering from all of these unexplained, you know, kind of aftershock illnesses. So, Things like chronic fatigue, um, asthma, a cough that won't go away, you know, just just a general feeling of unwell. And we don't yet know why COVID is causing these symptoms in these individuals, but it, it makes it very clear that this is why we need to take some more aggressive steps to reduce the number of cases of COVID-19. Yeah, you got to figure out A, a vaccine, B, a treatment. See a post treatment for people who've already had it. Maybe you know, maybe right. those people eventually recover. Maybe they never do. I mean, I feel like at some point we'd be able to figure that out. But it, would that be years down the road or or months? You know, I think that's going to be years down the road. I mean, we learn. Fortunately, we learn something new every day. You know, science is aggressively chasing this pandemic. But as you know, science goes and history goes. You learn more after the fact by looking at all the data. And so, I think it's going to take. It's going to take a while for us to truly know why COVID-19 was impacting people the way it was and why it was so different among, you know, really across the whole entire world in terms of effect and impact. Um, We're speaking with Megan Meller. She works at Gunderson Health System right here in La Crosse. She's the infection control specialist. Now, Governor Evers issued that mask mandate today. I'm sure you have. We've made mask political. So and I'm and I'm sure, it. you know, some people that are Democrats probably are against masks and, and vice versa. And you have friends, I'm sure, that are that are both ways. But do you have do you do you do you just have this like bank? Can you just go off on on a tangent about why we should wear masks? So the CDC put out this study that was looking at two hairdressers who had COVID-19 down in I think it was somewhere down in, I think it was Missouri or Mississippi. I think it was Missouri. And between the two of them, they exposed a hundred, I believe 162 individuals, but the hairdressers were wearing masks at the same time, were wearing masks during these haircuts. And so were were, um, their clients. None of the clients got COVID-19 from those hairdressers. Now the hairdressers gave COVID-19 to their, you know, to family members, to other primary close contacts, but they didn't give them it give them yet to those clients. And to me, that was really striking because it shows you can be symptomatic, but if you wear that mask, you're not, you're not going to get anyone else sick. And so to me, that was really encouraging, encouraging to hear that. And a reason, another reason why I will continue to wear a mask and encourage others to wear masks too. The mask not only prevents you from giving COVID-19 to others, but it also protects you from getting COVID-19. Yeah, that was actually in Missouri. I just Googled it quick. So Uh, yeah, at at, uh, at one of those kind of national um, haircut places that I would go to to get the super cheapest cut I could possibly get because I don't <laughs> like paying money for haircuts. But I've got really long hair now because I don't want to go into those places. Same, um, same. <laughs> so you mentioned the the person that died. I think he was in his seventies, and and he died two Fridays ago. I'm he was a county resident, but I'm not even sure if he literally died in the county at one of the hospitals here, you know, those people could die elsewhere, right? Because we're just reporting on county stuff, right? Absolutely. And so 
you know, there's, lacrosse sees a lot of people that, you know, that transfer through. So let's say someone from Florida was tra- coming, you know, was driving through, got sick while they were here. That case would ult- it would ultimately be that person's residence. So let's say somewhere in Florida who would count that as a positive case. So we, you know, lacrosse, Gunderson Health System has seen deaths related to COVID-19, but because we serve, a, you know, a, a tri-state area in many counties, each of those individual counties will claim that death. Yeah, people. So that's why the numbers are, you know, why we only have technically one death in the cross county. Yeah, people often point to like, oh, we only, I think we're at six current hospitalizations at the moment. And people point to that and like, look, there's only six people. And I'm like, ah, eh, there's, pro- there's probably more people and we just don't know they're from different counties. But uh, getting back right. to, the, to the man that died, and it, I, I hate talking like this because it's just the statistic to, to most of us, We you know, but he, uh, Lacrosse County Health Director, General Balski said Wednesday, nobody was in the ICU. And then Friday, they had to announce somebody had died. So is it a, is, do you think his conditions got so, can they just flip overnight where he goes from, I, I don't know, if you're, if you're not in the ICU, are you relatively okay and just being monitored for the virus? Or can you be in a situation where, um, you, you know, you might be, you might die? So one of the things we are seeing, too, is that, you know, yeah, people can progress really rapidly and they can start with very mild symptoms. And then three days later, they develop shortness of breath and they wind up in the hospital. Things can change overnight. So at Gunderson, we have our our ICU, but we also have a COVID-19 unit. So essentially dedicated, as it sounds, to to care of patients with COVID-19. So, you know, if, if you're sick enough with COVID-19, you will be in the critical care side. But luckily, they're on the, you know, they share the same floor, so it's easy to go between the two. Mm-hmm. So for the, for the most part, we try to keep patients on that COVID-19 unit because that's where you're going to have the experts who have been dealing with COVID-19 for the months, you know, focusing there. So, but we also see patients who have been in the hospital for a long time. You know, this is happening across the country. And so... They might start out with COVID-19, but it's what happens afterwards that then ends up kind of being their demise. You know, do they get, you know, do they get a, get another lung infection? Do they develop clots and then have a stroke? You know, does it, you know, do they start having heart problems? These are all some of the secondary impacts of COVID-19 that we're starting to see that are ultimately resulting in the death. And it's not so much the virus itself, it's the damage that the virus does to the body after, you know, after the fact. What would you say is like one of the most prevalent, one of those secondary, you know, I remember we, we talked before the show a little bit, you mentioned obese people and how it, I, I, I'll let you describe it, but maybe is there, is there one that's more prevalent than others? And, and can we, is there, is there a way to, to like also from avoiding COVID-19, maybe we should be, you know, getting in shape or something like that? So we know that the virus, so COVID-19 uses a certain virus. It's like an ACE receptor. So anyone who has high blood pressure is well familiar with that ACE receptor because it's involved in blood pressure. But that receptor is, so when I say receptor, it's something that the virus, something within the body that the virus can bind to, to kind of gain entry further into the body and cause infection. So these receptors are found also, they're found in the lungs, blood vessels. They're also found within fatty tissue. They're found on the heart. And that's some of this early science that's starting to emerge suggests that one of the reasons why obese individuals might be more at risk for severe complications to COVID-19 is because this, this fatty tissue contains more ACE receptors. Now, whether that actually, you know, plays out to be true in the future, you know, we don't know, but again, it's science. It's something that evolves as we get more information. A lot of the deaths nationally, you know, that they're looking at medical, medical examiners are finding is that when someone dies with COVID-19, they're finding a lot of blood clots, 
whether it's in the lungs or, you know, in the limbs, in the extremities. So, and then you also have the, the respiratory distress syndrome. So when someone's experiencing shortness of breath, it's because their lungs are just, you know, they're, they're very sick from the virus. So there's all these kind of different factors that are coming into why someone might succumb to COVID-19 in the worst way. And it, to me, it's all the more reason why I will continue to wear my mask. Yeah, definitely. Megan Miller, the Gunderson Health System Infection Control Specialist. I, do, I, wanna, I, I don't have a ton of time, but I want to ask these questions. Um, testing capacity, uh, we have these free National Guard testing sites uh, in other counties around here. Anyone can get one, whether they're asymptomatic or not. You know, if they've been exposed to somebody that has the virus, they can go even if they're not showing symptoms. In the county, we can't do that at these National Guard testing sites. And I'm not even sure if I could go to Gunderson right now and say, hey, my roommate has the virus. I'm not showing symptoms and I haven't been around them since, you know, whatever. But like, can I get tested? It doesn't seem like we have the ability to test enough, you know, the people. And then the turnaround also, it seems like it's taking too long to get results back. I mean, if I have to quarantine for five days and then I get a negative test result back, I'm going to be kind of disappointed in a way and happy, but I just wasted five days sitting in a room. Yeah, so, you know, the good news is we do have enough tests to test those who have symptoms. So if you have symptoms or if you live in a high-risk setting, so if you're a healthcare worker, if you live in, in a nursing home, in a group home, you can get a test. But for your average citizen who you are exposed but you're not having any symptoms yet, we don't have the capacity. And so their recommendations are to stay put. And then if you do develop symptoms, to call, you know, call again and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get you in. So, you know, you and I talked about how this, you know, impacts schooling, you know, and the idea of, well, everyone gets, you know, everyone gets a test before we go back to school. But tests are also just a point in time. So you might have the virus, but the virus just hasn't built up in your body enough for it to be detected by a test. Or again, you you know, you might truly be negative one day and get tested, but then the next day you, you, you go out shopping and you get exposed to COVID-19. So it's just a point in time indicator. Yeah, and then too, the turnaround time is, there's just so many tests going on across the country that labs are just full. And that's why you're seeing this turnaround time of sometimes, you know, up to seven days. Yeah. The idea that we're going to bring kids back to school and then, you know, kids and then have kids play sports and then have kids play other teams, you know, other cities and then go back into the next, the next day and go to the classroom. We'd never be able to test them. Uh, be kind right, of unrealistic no. unless we had this like automatic test. I don't know why you guys aren't, aren't better, you know, can't you pick, come up with this stuff in less than eight months, like an automatic test that tell me right away? Oh, God, I wish, you know, and I think that's on my wish list. You know, if that could happen by Christmas, I'd be happy to have a, kind of like this automatic point of care test. And I, I, I can guess that many doctors would be incredibly happy, too, if they had something where they could say, yep, in 15 minutes, oh, yep, you do have COVID-19. If we had that, would, would this and we could give it to everybody, would, this thing would be done, right? Like we would almost get rid of it if we could do that. You know, I think it would go a long way to doing that, but people still need to understand, though, that if you have it or you think you have it, that it's really best to stay home and still practice social distancing and to wear the mask. It's going to take more than testing to bring this pandemic to an end. Um, real quick, last last thing. You mentioned the, the essentially the COVID floor, the COVID area. Can you just describe what that's like? I imagine like cobwebs, almost like a scary uh, haunted house-like scene. But can you actually no, tell us what the yeah. COVID floor is like? It was a very proactive stance, you know, from Gunderson. We had it set up back in March where 
it has defined air, you know, airflow, so it's protected from the rest of the building. Um, staff, ha- any staff that enter it have their respirators on. Um, you know, it's very limited as to who goes in and who goes out, but it's just a way to keep that area very kind of unique and kind of set aside so that way you're re- you're also reducing the amount of exposure to people who are, you know, otherwise, you know, let's say they just had a surgery and, you know, knee replacement and they just need a place to recover. It keeps them safe from what's happening on that unit. I imagine, too, there's like an airlock system between doors where you have to take everything off and it blows like uh, some kind of like cleanser on you, kind of like in the movies. It's not quite like no. that in the movies. We don't need, <laughs> we don't need to go that far, but I do I do know what your reference is. <laughs> right. Movies do. All right, Megan Miller. But no, it's just cleaning up afterwards. Megan Miller, thanks so so much for for putting up with my nonsense and for kind of informing us on on some of this stuff. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. All right, bye. That's Megan Miller, Gunderson Health Systems Infection Control Specialist. When we come back, I'll give you the update on how the uh, first NBA game is going for the season. We'll be back after this on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to contact me, feel free. You can call or text. That's why we call it the talking text line. I don't know if you guys figured that out. Took me a while. Uh, Governor Evers, obviously, maybe not obvious if you have been listening. He's issued a mask mandate for all of Wisconsin. Begins at 12.01 a.m. Saturday. So when you're partying at the bars Friday night, once it's stroke, once the clock strokes midnight, you got to pull your mask out of your pocket and put it on. <laughs> it's kind of a funny concept. Boom, right now. You have to do it now and now. And then the police will, the police are going to be swarming these places. And as soon as it goes 12-01, cuffs are going on everybody. Tickets galore. Uh, NBA game hasn't started yet. It starts in, uh, it's got to be starting right around now. Pelicans, Jazz in the bubble. Clippers, Lakers later tonight. Clippers, Lakers. NBA basketball. Bucks play tomorrow. Very excited for that. They play during the show, so good luck. Good luck getting anything out of me. Going to be watching the Bucks game. Mary Swiggum's going to join me tomorrow. She's running for state senate against Brad Paff at this point, right? We're doing the uh, primaries first, and then, um, and then we'll see where it goes after that. I think August 11th is that election. So I'm going to start rolling people through here that are on the ballot: Biden, Trump, all those. Fools. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Joe's back. All right. Uh, let's see here. Joe, are you texting me too, Joe? Am I texting you too? Yeah, on the talking text line. Before I did. Okay. Well, there's there's a, a lot of there's a lot of Joes in the world, so it's always hard to. I don't know which texter you are as Joe. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I can't. How do you? You can't ever tell, can you? No, and then everyone's I mean, I mean, Joe. the one that has the best comment. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, like, you know, OMBI being your choice now instead, you know, you get to decide. No, I didn't. That's the way it is in Atlanta. I didn't catch that's that That's the way what? it is in Atlanta. I didn't catch what you said. You said, uh, what's next, you know, seatbelts, or you get to oh. choose whether or not you get OMBI. Oh, 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 because yeah. Atlanta, you get to choose. Oh, you're going there again with the guy that 
Yeah, I, I feel like yeah, I, I feel like you. Yeah, you just steal a taser and shoot it at the cop. You'll get charged with murder and fired, and you're good to go. You don't have to listen to cops anymore. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, what no, happened, what when happened to, to that guy? That... It wasn't that way when I was a kid. What so happened to you? that guy in Atlanta? He's living large. I mean, what the hell, dude? He is? Just do what he wants. I can't yeah. remember. What's his name? Aud- Aubrey something? You talking about the cop? No, the, the black guy. Richard, he's dead, isn't he? Oh, okay. From a from an OWI, essentially. Well, so you I mean, say got, you say he got to choose. He got to choose, and it was his choice. So why is the cop fired and under and then go you know facing murder charges? That was that guy's choice. Why is it the cop's fault? But you're saying you don't, the, get, to, you don't get to choose when you get an OWI. But you're saying when you get an OWI in Atlanta, you don't you don't have to you don't. There's actually no penalty. But what you're the the case you're talking about the guy that got the OWI is dead. And he was shot by police, so... <laughs> right, but the police are getting charged with murder, so I guess, they're, right. you know, from now on, just let it be the person's choice whether or not they want to get arrested is what they're trying to teach society. Yeah, I, I feel you know, like... You might lose your job and get fired if you don't let that person choose if they want to go to jail or not. You know? I feel like just if... because they decide to get psyched. If somebody grabs my taser, I feel like you just got to you got to go back at him with another taser. You can't go you can't one up him with a gun. You don't you just go back at him with a taser or tackle like Goldberg tackled the guy. Rick, what you're missing is when I was a kid, my parents taught me if you act like that, the people that have the guns are going to, you know what I mean? You if you choose to live that way, you're probably going to die that way. That's why we have cops to protect people who can't make smart decisions in society, like that guy, like Rashard or whatever his name was. He wasn't fit to make decisions to be out in society with the rest well, of he us was, because of the danger that he proposes. Well, he the was cops wasted. Did the exact right thing. He was wasted. <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't know. A murder sentence for, you know, on the scene murder sentence for somebody that was wasted, and you know, obviously people act erratically when they're wasted. So if you guys remember this Atlanta case, that if I recall the video, that at some point he he grabs the cop's taser and it'd be, the the whole scene before it is he's just talking to police. I think he fell asleep in a drive-through. Um, I, we had a Winona State basketball coach do that at one point. I don't think he was murdered. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine four four. He wasn't murdered. He was fired later for doing some other terrible stuff. Uh, Governor Evers issues that mask mandate. If you want to sound off on that, feel free. I'm trying to read texts. Uh, Brad did. Brad Williams did come in and say that the council passed the um, the like open cafe thing. So Gary, and Gary Podesky texted in too on the city council and said, "Yep, outdoor dining passed." So and Brad was like, "They they also passed it for bars and tasting rooms. Tasting rooms, right? That's a wine thing. I don't drink wine. Hate wine." Uh, so bars and tasting rooms also are going to be able to use the outdoors in a certain capacity. It's all going to be de- dependent upon what is outside your your place of business. So if your bar has a parking lot, like if they own a parking lot, then they can open that up. What Brad Williams, who was watching the meeting on Zoom or whatever they, I don't think they use Zoom, but last time they had a meeting, I potted it up during the show. It was kind of funny. But Brad watched the meeting, and he said that the capacity doesn't change. So, and I'm not sure how this works because I, I haven't gone to the bars. But if, if say the bar downtown's capacity before the pandemic was 100, and then after the pandemic it was 50, and now you the bar is able to open up where they can use 
the parking spots in the street to serve alcohol and have more customers and you know you're going to increase your ability to social distance the bar's capacity doesn't get to go up any higher so essentially if it's 50 after the pandemic it's going to stay 50 but i'm not exactly sure if we cut like capacity in half if that was another mandated order or if that's just something bars are doing to be nice but now people have to wear masks unless they're seated i believe 608-785-7914 if you didn't see it check it out at The and i read the whole statement i'm not gonna and, and i read it in character i'm not gonna do that again but the washburn county sheriff dennis stewart posted on facebook that they will not participate in an enforcement in regards of wearing masks uh we're gonna have either sean kudron or Rob Abraham in here next week. Not sure exactly what day, but we could talk about this a little bit, how police are going to enforce this or not enforce it. Uh, the, the, the idea, though, that the, the Washburn County Sheriff isn't going to enforce this is kind of funny because we've made masks political and we also vote on sheriffs, right? Like county sheriffs, we vote on those. I don't know why. we. Somebody wants to call and tell me why we vote on county sheriffs but not like city captains or anything like that um it's, so so sheriff has become a thing that's political and we're going to vote on them and he's in northern wisconsin so that's going to be a rural area that's not very affected by the virus so going into a bar even if a bunch of people are in the bar and having to wear a mask if you're not seated or something like that's going to be you know a, a talking point for somebody that's trying to get elected or re-elected and therefore he's just going to play the most popular pos- position for his constituents Despite safety. So that's that's where we're at with that. Uh, Bob's calling in. Bob, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, Rick. Hey. Yeah, um, yeah you like to talk about systemic racism. Um, I, I'd like you to kind of tell us why you're so convinced that our country and our people are are guilty of systemic racism. Um, when did... Maybe you can explain Maybe you can explain that to us. Our past and right now, in our, right now in our present. Okay, you want you want to get into systemic racism now? No, I just I just like you to explain it to us because you always you always said that we're guilty of systemic racism. When's so the last time gotta, I When's the last time I talked about systemic racism and that we're guilty of it? Um, okay, exactly. Uh, yeah, not going to break down systemic racism in the next eleven minutes. So it's always funny how we just uh, out of the blue, I'm gonna uh, let's talk about this because this is really bugging me right now. Uh, yeah, I talked about a black guy in Atlanta because Joe brought it up that was killed by police because he got out of hand after getting cited for an OWI or was getting arrested for an OWI. So look it up. It's I mean you shouldn't get a death sentence for having an OWI unless you steal the cop's gun. I mean and start shooting at the cop. <laughs> feel like if he takes your taser, then you just go tackle him. There's two of you. But I understand it's a difficult job. It just seems crazy that people are dying over OWIs. Anyway, a little crazy times. Hey, the lacrosse police did do a two-year investigation today. That's also on wisdomnews.com. A couple of white guys arrested. Campbell Police Department in this two-year investigation. So this is pretty good. They found six pounds of high-grade marijuana. So not the low-grade stuff. It's the high-grade stuff. Uh, two pounds of butane hash oil. Over 200 packages of THB, THC edibles. Cocaine. Three AR-15s with several high-capacity magazines. Hundreds of rounds of ammunition. 270 caliber rifle. 11 grand in cash. Oh, and a flamethrower. 
All right, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just a couple minutes left. Have to check out the score. Oh, Jazz are up twelve to eight. Joe Ingles got four points for the Jazz. Zion Williamson is playing. It's on TNT, folks. Zion Williamson, you got to watch him play. Unbelievable. Uh, Governor Evers' mask mandate. Let's let's. I, I mentioned this this uh, this. Uh, Arrest by the Campbell Police. You got to check it out. Wisdomnews.com. There's a nice picture of all the things. These edibles have. I guess you can just go to another state and get edibles, right? Like they're illegal in Wisconsin, but you just go to Illinois or. Well, if you could go to Canada, but you know we're barred from traveling to other countries right now because the United States is in such a pandemic mess. Uh, but there's a couple of huge guns, a bunch of cash slung out. It must take them about like 15 minutes to put this all out on these. They arrange the desks all nicely. Uh, it's like, there's a rifle, these other guns. There's at the flamethrower, you can really tell it's right in the middle. It's next to the two handguns. It's pretty, pretty kind of crazy to see, actually. Like, just imagine like, this it's house in Campbell. Is that French Island? It's South Side Lacrosse Resident. Okay, it's on South Side. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're running a drug house right in town. I mean, if you, you really think about it, they got all these guns, <laughs> just a little nuts. Um, mandate, mass mandate, Governor Evers put out a little, a nice little picture. What is required under emergency order number one? He, or, he named it number one. And if you, if you want to say like, uh, the Republicans might challenge us, they, they might, we'll see what happens. And if you think like the Republicans already challenged a, a, a mandate, you know, by the governor's powers, why, why doesn't that? Why isn't that sweeping? It's because they didn't challenge the governor's powers. They challenged the health secretary's powers when we shut down businesses back in April, I think, around there, uh, maybe before that, March. So this is a governor's order. So they would have to challenge the governor this time around. And well, I don't know. I don't know if they'll do it. It's it's you know they'll probably look at the Facebook comments on the stories and go, you know what? A lot of people are in favor of this thing. It's going to get me reelected in the upcoming vote, so maybe I shouldn't challenge this mask order. It's all political. So crazy. Uh, caller calling in. Who is this? This is Jake. Hey, Jake, go ahead, man. You're on. Yeah. So uh, in, in response to the conversation you were having about uh, the situation in Atlanta and what happened there, um, from a law enforcement perspective, if, I'd highly recommend that you do some research and educate yourself in escalation of force and exactly what that means and what it looks like. Okay. Is that it? Okay. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's a tragic situation. I mean, nobody should lose their life during a traffic stop. It's terrible. But, you know, during the escalation of force, if you have gained control over an officer's weapon of some kind, uh, then that that immediately immediately garners a response that's one step above what that weapon is. Yeah, they, had his, they, had, his taser. Or... they had his taser, right? What? Like he got his taser. I'm kind of watching it happen right now. I mean, there are two guys. This yeah. guy is obviously, I mean, he's, he, the, the two officers can't bring him down. So now he's got a taser and the other, they're tasing each other. It looks like a laser tag game, kind of. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and then they're, and, then he, and he's running away in the parking lot, kind of shooting back with the taser. 
So, yep. and then they well, get the guns out and kill them. What happens if you taste well? If both of them are unable to subdue that, that offender because he's an offender, right? He's attacked. Yeah, them. I mean, they had him almost arrested, so they, they already knew he didn't have any weapons on him. So at least there's that, right? And then if he runs well, away. There's, there's that. If he's that, but then he gained access to a taser. Now he has a weapon. But he's running and away. If he, if, and if he uses that weapon to uh, to disable one of those officers, then he has access to one of their firearms. And then, but but at this point, but you're just you're not. Go watch the video. He's running away and he's shooting back at those guys. If they just let him run away, that his car's right here. Like we'll call backup and then we'll swarm around him. Hey, he's got a taser. So like, don't let him tase you. But no, let's kill him. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. There's a but, but the idea that he's just he's trying to get away because he's probably got a, a warrant out for his arrest. This happened in La Crosse too, where this, someone got pulled over for speeding and a passenger in the car just tried to walk away, and the police arrested her. And they were like, "No, you can't walk away. You got to stay in the car." And then she kind of walked away, and and they arrested her because she wasn't listening. So it didn't get to the ex- escalation that that we're talking about with this this case before, but. Anyway, we're off on a tangent. I don't even know. That's kind of all the time I have anyway. So I'm going to go watch the NBA. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. We'll continue this tomorrow.